Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 7. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Verse 28. It was at that point that Jesus cried out, you know me and you know where I'm from. And I have not come of myself, but he who sent me is true, whom you do not know. Listen, the word cried out. Got a pen? The word cried out means he yelled. It means croaked like a raven, cried out, speak with a loud voice. Now, interesting. Jesus doesn't yell very often, but he does in our text. Jesus cried out because He's had it with their dense confusion and willful ignorance. Jesus says, you know me and you know where I'm from. And there's a tone of sarcasm here. Like, so, so you know me, huh? You don't know me. You don't know where I'm from. You don't know anything about me. I've not come of myself. I've come from him who sent me, whom you don't even know. Ouch. You see, to the Jewish mind, that one hurt. Because Jesus is saying, you, the most religious, the most privileged, the most well-taught people in the world, the people with the very oracles of God, the Jewish scriptures, you don't even know God. And this is why you want to kill me, because I know God and I am from God and God sent me. And since you don't know him, you can't recognize me. Jesus is saying, you are so super spiritual and pious and looking for a vacancy in the Trinity. You're you're, you're super self-glorified. You don't know anything. Doesn't this kind of destroy the whole Sunday school Jesus? You know, people like, Jesus was so meek and mild. He always was really nice to people. No, he wasn't. Jesus will get you straight. Say amen, saints. Sometimes you got to handle some folks like that. I got one person say amen. That's good. Amen. One's better than none. Jesus doesn't fly off the handle. Don't get me wrong. And he doesn't get angry very much. But when he does, he's always angry over religious, self-righteous hypocrites. Always. Check the scriptures. Matthew chapter 23, verse 27. Jesus said, cried out. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed septums or sepulchers, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside you're full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. See, in those days, they painted these graves or these tombs white on the outside, so so a Jew walking could see it at a distance and not come near a dead body and become defiled. 
And sometimes they will put flowers around the tomb is to make it beautiful. And Jesus is saying, you look beautiful on the outside, but in the inside, you're dead. Jesus is saying, you have a defiling effect on everyone you come in contact with. Jesus was always gracious to those who were in need of grace and harsh on those who were self-righteous and religious. Are you listening? We live in a culture where the name of Jesus is a byword. Everybody knows his name, but nobody knows him. We have Bibles all over the place, and nobody knows what's in them. We've got Christian books all over the place, and everybody's read them. You'll get that on the way home. We had churches everywhere, and people don't know God, and they don't know Jesus. And the problem in the church today is ignorance. Listen, the curse of the church today is not a lack of money. Hear me. The curse of the church today is not a lack of resources. The curse of the church today is not a lack of programs. The curse of the church today worldwide is ignorance. Am I right about it? It's ignorance. And so I'm walking around in Dublin, beautiful city, Beautiful. There's this park, like Central Park in New York, and they have this park called St. Stephen's Green in Dublin. It's beautiful, just beautiful. People are walking around and lay on the grass and there's flowers around, and it is just beautiful. We're walking, and I happen to continue to walk into the more busy area, and let me have my picture here, and I see this, this building. And just by round of applause, isn't that a beautiful church? Isn't that just a beautiful, beautiful church? And I thought to myself, and literally it's right across the street from like the Gap. You know, they got the Gap. It's like right across the street from there and Friday's and um, DJIF and uh, <laughs> random. And uh, I saw that building and I thought to myself, in the 1400s, 1500s, 1600s, 1700s, early 1900s, 1800s, uh, some of your greatest preachers that ever walked the face of this planet preached in churches like that. And these kinds of churches all over Europe were full of people. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people were in those churches to hear the name of Jesus. Do you know that building right there today is an administrative office? Isn't that sad? It's an administrative office. Actually, I think it's like if you want to find out something about tourism or something like that, then you would just go into that building. And I thought, doesn't that speak sadly of the fact that Jesus' name is a byword, especially in Europe? And people don't know God. And don't you know, listen, what you see in Europe, open your eyes. What is happening in Europe is moving fastly toward the United States where Jesus' name will just simply be a byword and we will be anti-Christ. We already are, but it will get worse. Where we are anti-Christ and we are anti-God and our churches will be administrative offices. How sad is that? The curse of the church is ignorance. The great curse of the church that we face in Christianity is a lack of educated Christians. 
And so we got Christians trying to reproduce themselves and they don't know what they believe and they can't teach the word of God because they don't know the word of God. What is this church about? What are we into? Well, if you notice, not, 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 too, not, too, not too crazy, a little bit, you know, we love, we love to worship God, amen, but don't get too crazy, all right? I might have to take you out, you know, don't start dancing, you know, no dancing bears and nobody, you know, we keep it low, and amen, keep it, keep it orderly, uh, spiritual, but mostly what this church is about is the B-I-B-L-E, every time you walk in this door... Am I right about it? Some of y'all ain't clapping. Don't know why. Don't know why. Every time you walk in this door, we will be preaching this book because the problem in the church today is ignorance among believers. And then what we do is we look at the guys who are riding around on their bikes with the white shirts on and the black ties and their name tag. You know who they are. And we go, ha, 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 those guys are riding around witnessing and they have to check off their little box. Ha, ha, ha. And meanwhile, we Christians, we do nothing. And even when we have opportunity to share Christ, we don't take it. We need to be bold Christians. We need to be people who speak up for the name of Christ. And in order for you to be a bold Christian, listen, here's, where, here's why there is no boldness in the church. Because we don't know the word. Because when you know the word, then you don't have any problem speaking the word. Because if you speak the word and somebody says, well, no, 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 you can go, oh, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, read that right there. What that say right there? What that say right there? Can you read? You're hooked on phonics? Look at that. Huh? 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 Amen. Pray for me. Barna Research did a report. Get this. The average amount of time spent reading the Bible a week 52 minutes among Christians. The average amount of time watching the flat screen, seven to eight hours daily. It is reported that the past generation was more biblically literate than today's. Yet we have more Bibles in this country than anywhere else in the world. Did you get that? We've got more Bibles and yet we are more biblically illiterate than any place else in the world. A survey was taken at five Christian high schools in America and students were asked, what are the first four books of the New Testament? The number one answer was Matthew, Mark, Luther, and John. Some were so confused that they thought Sodom and Gomorrah were boyfriend and girlfriend. Others thought that Eve was created from the apple. The stories Jesus used were called parodies, not parables. Many believe that Noah's wife was Joan of Arc. (laughs) And doesn't that really, like, it is funny, but doesn't it make you go, ha, ha, no, that's sad. Isn't there like this mixed feeling there with that? People are so biblically illiterate, and, and, and yet that's funny. And God tells us in Hosea, memory verse, chapter 4, verse 6, my people are destroyed for a lack of what, saints? Knowledge, because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being priests from me. Because you have forgotten the law of God, also I will forget your children. Where does the time go? That was point number one. 
Point number two, let's move a little quicker. The problem of divided conviction in verse 30 through 32, we just read it. So the crowd is stunned, just standing there trying to unravel. Verse 30, look at it in your Bibles. At this point, the religious leaders have had it. Jesus continues to claim to be God, and they are getting more infuriated. And now they sought to kill him, but no man laid a hand on him because, why? His hour had not yet come. We've been talking about this, haven't we? The hour refers to God's divine timetable. It refers to a time when Jesus would go to the cross and die. So in their frustrated, infuriated, confused hearts, they want to kill Jesus, but nobody touched him because redemptive history is on schedule. And the sovereignty of God is in action. God's sovereignty says, not now, don't touch him, nobody can. And listen, that's an awesome truth about you, Mr. Christian and Mrs. Christian. The Bible says no weapon formed against you, somebody help me, shall prosper. In other words, the restraining hand of God is on your enemies. You ought to be happy about that. The restraining hand of God is on your enemy. Nobody can do anything against you that God does not allow. Listen at this. You are immortal until your time. You can't die until your time. That's why you don't need to be afraid to fly. Because you can't die until your time. Now, if everybody on that flight is their time and yours too, Houston, we got a problem. You're going down. But you can't go until it's your time. Now listen, don't go out there and do something stupid. Amen. Like go mess with some big guys at the pub. I just came from Ireland. It doesn't say, it doesn't say, it says you can't die. It doesn't say you can't get beat up. I'm just telling you what the word doesn't say as well as what it does say. Say amen. In verse 31, they sought to take him, but they couldn't touch him. The divided conviction, verse 31, many were trying to lay hands on him. In verse 31, many believed on him as well. When Christ comes, will he do more signs than these which this man has done? To the Jewish leaders, we've got a problem. Not only have we been shut down, not only have we been ridiculed, not only have they had our character assassinated not only has their ignorance been exposed but now he's winning some of the people over and we're losing control look at verse 32 the pharisees heard the crowd murmuring these things concerning jesus and the chief priests sent temple police to him at this point jesus has done some damage to their reputation are you getting that y'all tracking with me their ignorance has been blasted their knowledge called in question, their intellectual ability in question, their religion in question, and now almost worst of all, their power is in question. So there is a division, divided conviction. Finally, point number three, the problem of delayed conversion. So we have the problem of dense confusion, and we have the problem of divided conviction. And now they're faced with the worst problem of all, delayed conversion. Verse 33, Jesus said, I shall be with you a little while longer, and then I go to him who sent me. Then this verse feels a little sad to me, doesn't it? It feels like Jesus is saying, well, you won't have to put up with me very long. I'll only be here a little while, and then I'll be out of your hair. And don't get me wrong. I don't think Jesus is giving good guilt. You know, some people give, y'all know good people, your mom probably probably good at that. 
She needed to give good guilt. You know what I mean? You ever meet people like that? Well, you know, don't worry about me. Y'all go here, just lock me in a room. <laughs> Throw some crackers under the, under the thing and y'all enjoy yourself. That's giving good guilt. You know, people like that. I don't get that impression here. I think I'm not going to get that impression. Jesus said, look at verse 34. You'll seek me and not find me. And where I am, you cannot come. And this sounds like something. Write it in your margin, Isaiah 55, 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he is near. The implication is this. Listen, the implication is someday you'll want me, but you won't find me. That will be the tragedy of delayed conversion. This is a shocking statement that someday there will come a time where you will want Jesus. Are you listening? There will come a time where you will want Jesus and you won't be able to find him. And that's why you must call upon him while he is near and don't delay. D.L. Moody preached a sermon and he said, I want all of you to go home and think about Jesus and come tomorrow. Ready yourself to make a decision. Well, that night, the Chicago fire broke out in that same area, and 50% of his congregation went up in smoke. And he said, that's the last time I'll ever tell anybody to go home and think about it. Don't delay. Delayed conversion is the greatest tragedy of all because there are, may come a day when you'll seek him and not find him. The Jews couldn't see it. And they mocked, according to verse 35 and 36. They said among themselves, please look at it. Where does he intend to go that we won't be able to find him? Does he intend to go to the dispersion among the Greeks and teach them? What is this thing that he said, you will seek me and not find me, and where I am, you cannot come? In other words, they're saying he didn't make it in Jerusalem. Maybe he'll try the scattered dispersion, dysphoria, the scattered. And they're mocking. Who does he think he is? Who's he kidding? These guys are sick, faithless fools mocking the Son of God. But get this, in their ignorance, watch this, you'll love it. In their ignorance and stupidity, in their Christless words, they're actually prophesying the future of the church. In their ignorance and stupidity and their Christless words, They're prophesying about the church. This is fascinating. Think about it. Where did Jesus go when the Jerusalem rejected him? He went to the scattered or the Gentiles, and he built a church, and so they stand confused, divided, and delaying until it's tragically too late. But, I'm coming in for a landing right here. But, verse 37, tell y'all a little secret. I have been waiting to preach on verse 37 since we started John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, the Word was with God. I've been waiting to get to verse 37 because it is great. During the feast, the great day of the feast, Jesus goes up on the temple. Remember these guys, they're, they, they're, they're divided and they're confused. 
confused and they got people confused and they're delaying their conversion. They won't accept Jesus. And in his grace, even in his grace, are you listening to me? He goes up on that on those steps on the Temple Mount and he takes that big pitcher of water and he lets the water run down. I'm getting ahead of myself. Y'all need to read ahead. And he lets that water run down those steps and he begins to yell. And he says, if any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink, and I'm going to give him living waters, and from him will flow torrents of living water, rivers of living water will flow from his life. If you will come to him and take a drink, you will cease to be thirsty. I can. And I hope that God gives me grace. Now, if we get raptured, that's the only thing better than this, than me preaching in verse 37. <laughs> Amen. If we get raptured, then I'll see y'all up there, at least most of y'all. And uh, <laughs> I'm just joking. Y'all pray for me. <laughs> and, uh, but Lord, give us grace. We are living in some perilous times. Not we got problems, not stuff's bad, not it ain't good, perilous times we live in. And people are calling wrong, right, right, wrong. People are unthankful, unholy, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, hate hate their parents, unthankful toward their parents. We are living in the end times. And the Bible says, listen, if you don't believe that we're living in the end times, then just humor me for a minute. I like to think that we're, in, we're living in the end times because 1 John chapter 3, verse 3 tells me that as long as I keep remembering that we live in the end, we're living in the end times, that hope purifies me even as he is pure. So the knowledge of walking in the fact that he's coming some moment has a purifying effect on your life. How so? Well, if you think the Lord's going to come at any moment, places you would go, you won't go there. Don't shout me down. Things that you would do, you won't do them. Folk you would normally hang out with, you won't hang out with them because you don't want Jesus to catch you raptured in that situation. All of a sudden, you, boom, in the presence of the Lord. The Lord said, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> huh, huh. What you been doing? Huh? <laughs> it's third service. So this hope purifies us, even as he's pure. We, he's coming someday, and we have to continue. We have to continue in his word. We have to continue. We have to continue to tell people about Christ. We have to continue to take the gospel as God opens up doors to people who don't know. And we have to continue to try to equip and educate and strengthen the Christians so that we can equip and educate others because we, we produce that which we are like. So if you're a strong Christian, you're going to produce a strong Christian as you disciple with them. That didn't come out like I wanted to, but 
Did you get me? So we just have to keep telling people and keep going. Keep going. I used to tell people it's just a long obedience in the same direction. And you get tired and you get weary and you just keep going. And God give us grace to keep going. And may his spirit empower us to keep going. And don't look back. Any man put his hand to the plow and look back, it's not worthy of the kingdom of God. Don't look back, keep going. Let God use your life. And he'll do great things with you because he has with me. I've gone around the world telling people I'm not supposed to be doing what I'm doing. I'm a street kid from Philly. I grew up on drugs. That's it. That's my testimony. And then God saved me and changed everything. And now he is 30 years later and I'm still going. All by his spirit, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Right? So, come, um, come next week. Verse 37, I'm going to be on fire. <laughs> I'm telling y'all, I'm going to blow up. <laughs> You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.